Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Here we are at week number five of what I sometimes have been calling coronavirus chaos. And that means there you are at home again on this Sunday morning. One news commentator suggested this past week that uh, we have not had such a worldwide catastrophe since the days of Noah's flood. And by that he meant that the scope of this pandemic is more far-reaching than any previous epidemic, and, and even in some respects, some more far-reaching than the world wars, not in number of deaths, but in, in the areas of the world that this has impacted. Well, so far, the numbers of people getting sick or sent to the hospital or dying from it in our area are, are very slight, and we're thankful for that, yet we really don't know what to expect to be around the corner, and, and so it kind of just hangs like a cloud over us complicating a lot of our lives, severely restricting our freedoms and crippling our economy nationally and even locally. Psalm 46 is one of the most familiar of all of the psalms, at least in the first verses of it, where it reminds us very strongly of where to turn in times of trouble and and why to turn there. I came across it in my devotions this last week and and uh, I've, I've shared since and some, some of the verses from it uh, as I've been making phone calls to parishioners here in the last week. I invite you to turn there now and look with me at Psalm 46. And again, my outline is, is printed in the bulletin there as well if you're accessing that. And I'd like to just walk through this psalm largely verse by verse today. But before we look at it, I want to just also mention this, that This psalm was one of the favorites of Martin Luther, especially after the year of 1527. That was a year that Luther faced one of the greatest difficulties of his life as this black plague swept across Germany and much of the European continent. And it was during that time then that Luther's son got sick and almost died, and his own body was fainting under the mounting pressure, and, and Luther found himself contemplating the promises that are there in this psalm, and, and he composed a hymn. It's become probably his most famous hymn of all, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. It's based on this psalm. And there were many times during this dark period when terribly discouraged, Luther would turn to his co-worker, Philip Melanchthon, and, and he'd say, Come, Philip. Let's sing the 46th Psalm. And they would together sing it. I invite you to uh, read it with me now as as we look at it together. Begin with verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam though the mountains quake at its its swelling pride. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. 
God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, behold the works of the Lord. He has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Let us pray. Well, Lord, we thank you for this psalm that has been an encouragement to people going through t- difficult times down through the ages. And we pray that it would be that for each one of us today as we meditate on it and as we remind ourselves of, of who you are. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The first verse of this psalm reminds us where to turn in times of trouble. And that word trouble is an interesting one to me. We use it to describe all kinds of difficulties or problems that we face in this life. Out of curiosity, I did a Google search on that word. I was curious if there were some songs that used the word trouble in their title. And guess what I found? Over a hundred of them that were just the most popular ones, and there were apparently many more. Life on this earth is full of troubles. And, and I've observed that especially it seems like country songs describe a lot of them. And if I saw it right, there, there are already at least 46 songs, not all of them are country songs, but all, at least 46 that are written about the coronavirus already. Some of them provide some welcome comic relief in these challenging days. So while this word trouble here in this verse 1 describes all kinds of difficulties or problems in our life, I find it interesting, literally, it refers to tight places. And so, what are we to do when we get in tight places, places where we are encountering problems or difficulties that squeeze us and hold us there, stuck, unable to break free of them on our own? Well, the Christian knows where to turn in times like this, because in times of trouble, God is our refuge. And when I think of that word refuge, I'm reminded of game refuges, where wildlife are secure from the bullets or arrows of the hunter. God is our secure place to go. Instead of the word refuge, some translations use the words shelter or fortress. And I think of each of those. Shelter is what we need in the midst of a thunderstorm or a blizzard. It's a place that provides protection and safety then when the elements are raging outside. And, And so we can think of God as our place of shelter in a storm. A fortress is is a military stronghold. provides protection from the ongoing attack of the enemy. And and so we can think of God as as a place where we can go when when we're being bombarded by the forces of evil and even just the effects of living in this fallen world. And thus Luther's hymn titled, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. A mighty refuge is our God. In times of trouble, God is our refuge, and he is also our strength. And while seeing God as our refuge involves looking at him as a protection against external forces, seeing God as our strength focuses on him 
as the internal source for perseverance in the midst of our troubles. And I don't know about you, but I find myself reading too much and watching too much of news concerning this coronavirus all over the world, and at times it, it just kind of drains me physically. I end up feeling weak and helpless, even though overall I'm healthy and strong, and, and, and I think that gives me a clue in, into how some of our parishioners have been feeling, as there have been several that are dealing with serious health issues during these times as well, and, and they deal then with a physical weakness and also a discouragement. And they need God then to give them both outer and inner strength. And sometimes when we're feeling weak, we need to just come to God and look in his word and, and hang on to some of those simple promises of God, like the Apostle Paul who said in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or here in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and our strength. Or in Isaiah 40 where it says, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. In times of trouble, then God is our refuge and he is our strength. And he's also, according to verse 1 here, a very present help. And another translation says, God is abundantly available for help. He's, he's not far off and unavailable in our time of need. He, he doesn't have uh, a mechanized device that we can call to him and then then we get this response, well, press one if you need this, and press two for that. For all other requests, press three, or just stay on the line, and an agent will answer you in order that you've called. No, he is an ever-present help in time of need. He's always listening for our call. And the psalmist goes on to say that because we know these things about God, that he is our refuge, that he is our strength, that he is a very present help, in time of trouble, therefore, this, therefore, we will not fear. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that listening to the news media these days, it continually plants fears in my mind. And I am not for a minute suggesting that we should just stick our head in the sand and deny reality and pretend a very sobering things aren't happening all around us. But the media is continually acting the part of chicken little, and telling everyone the sky is falling. And it has happened, or that's been going on before this virus came along. We've heard these things like the world as we know it will end in 12 years if we don't drastically reduce our greenhouse gases. And, and the United States will fall apart if, if this president gets reelected. And, and millions and millions of people will die if we don't all shelter at home now for the next year. The media in these days seems to thrive on stirring up fear. And so now, every day, there's this ticker stating all over the world how many have tested positive for the virus, how many have been hospitalized, how many have died. And any time of day, you can look this up and you can find your country and your state and your local area and, and find how many of each in those categories. And, and the ticker is just filling us full of fear. Imagine if we had a ticker like that um, that would also record all the people that are impacted by car accidents or heart attacks or cancer or shootings and so on all over the United States all the time. We'd be so fearful we would never leave our homes. And we ought not to believe everything that we hear, no matter which side of the political spectrum it comes from these days because there's an awful lot of spin put on these issues. 
And according to several doctors, the number of COVID-related deaths shown by that ticker is really skewed by the fact that many times there's not a clear cause of death. And however, if, if we look at the number of deaths from pneumonia and influenza and heart attacks and see that it's way down in a time when COVID deaths are way up, then is there a possible correlation? Is it possible, as some doctors are saying, that they're being coached on how to fill out the death certificates related to this? And please understand, I, I say that not to push any kind of a political agenda, but to only say, watch out for the sources that push you to become filled with fear, because fear is not from God. And there is a reason that the message of Scripture over and over in both the Old and the New Testaments is fear not. That's what the angels told the shepherds when they announced the Savior was born. That's the message Jesus told his disciples over and over again, like in John 14, when before the cross he told them, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's the message that the angel told the women at the tomb. Don't be afraid. He's risen, just as he said. That's the message Jesus told the fearful disciples that were huddled behind locked doors when he came to them and said, Peace be with you. Jesus Christ can give us a peace in our hearts that the world cannot give because through him we can know full forgiveness of all of our sins and we don't need to fear even death. And we don't need to fear standing before our maker on judgment day. Because we know that things are right between us and God. And in Jesus Christ, we have been given eternal life. Fear is an irrational emotion not grounded in facts. And we need not fear because of who we know that God is. And because of what he has done for us in the past and what he will do for us in the future. And as we look on in this psalm, then we're reminded of some of that. And we're reminded of what his sovereignty is over. His sovereignty is over the earth and all of nature. And you look at verses 2 and 3 there, and the psalmist gives us some examples of then what that includes. And he talks of the most unchangeable, immoving things on this earth. What do we think of? The mountains. Nothing more solid than that, right? Just solid rock. And he points out to us the restless and most menacing thing we can think of, and that would be the oceans or the seas. You know, when they are raging, it is ferocious. Think of the hurricanes and tsunamis and the devastation that they cause that no one can stop. And the psalmist says here, because we know God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear even if the earth changes and those huge mountains fall into the sea. Or even if the sea's waters roar and the mountains shake at the swelling of the waves of the sea. Or you name the other natural disasters that might come along, and the Christian's response can still be the same because God is still the same. Therefore, we will not fear. And his sovereignty is also over a city. Over all cities, really, whether it's New York City or Seattle or the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul or Fargo, Moorhead. And this psalm, his sovereignty extends over a particular city called here the City of God. 
And, you know, there could be a whole study just on this, just looking at God's hand in things connected to this fascinating city of Jerusalem. Often it's referred to in Scripture um, by its location at the top of a mountain, and so it's called the city of Zion or Mount Zion. It's the city that King David captured from the Jebusites and made into the capital of the kingdom of Israel. It's a city where that magnificent temple was built to Almighty God by King Solomon and where the Jews then were encouraged to come back yearly for worship. It's the city where Jesus Christ was arrested and tried and crucified and buried and where he rose from the dead and where the New Testament church was born. And the psalmist is writing here then long before those things concerning Jesus took place. And he's declaring some fascinating things concerning God's sovereignty over this city. And he talks of this being a city with a life-giving river or stream there in verse 4. And you know, a fascinating thing about this fortified city of Jerusalem in the Old Testament times was that there was an underground tunnel with springs that flowed into it. And it was through that tunnel that David's mighty men snuck in and captured the city. And that water source after that became a real blessing then for the Israelites as they lived in this city and worshipped God there. The psalmist also refers to Jerusalem as a city here in verse 5 that shall not be moved because God is in her midst. And it's fascinating to think of what the physical city of Jerusalem has gone through over the years. As it's been largely, re, um, largely destroyed and then rebuilt several times, but yet still stands majestic today. And we also need to recognize about this city of Jerusalem that it, it is a type of the Christian church, which God's word tells us will not be shaken. And, and even then when pandemics and wars come along, that Christian church will not be shaken. And the psalmist also says about the city of God here that God will help when morning dawns. And I can't help but think of that Easter morning that dawned over the tomb of Jesus and he was not there because he had risen from the dead. The book of Revelation at the end of our Bible talks about heaven being the new Jerusalem with a river of life running through it. And Jesus talks of himself and of the Holy Spirit as being that source of living water fascinating city that God is sovereign over here on this earth and even through eternity. Well, earlier in this psalm, it talked of the raging of the seas. And what we see as we look on here in verse 6 and following is, you might say, the raging of mankind. The tensions that flare up between individuals and between whole nations in this sinful world. But what does the psalmist say about this? He says that the nations rage and their kingdoms totter. And that has been the case throughout history and it continues today. And who knows how even this pandemic might even cause nations to rise or fall. As we look back on the past, he describes how God has wrought desolations in the earth, verse 8. Think of all of those natural disasters that have occurred throughout history which God has then used to get mankind's attention. And as the psalmist considered his own day 
he says that God makes wars to cease. And really it, was only, it is only God who is able to bring peace between the nations of sinful humanity. And then as we look to the future, we see in verse 10 a reminder that God will be exalted among all those nations. And there is coming a day when all of mankind will bow before his creator and God will be shown to be truly above it all. And so in light of all that we've been told in this psalm, in light of God's sovereignty over the earth and over all of nature and over Jerusalem, the city of God, and over all of the nations and even over this pandemic that the world faces today, in light of God's word declaring to us that in times of trouble, he is our refuge and our strength and a very present help. In light of all that, what should we do? We look at the end of the psalm here in conclusion I see two things in verse 10 and 11 first of all this he says cease driving and, and know that he is God and, and that means yeah, cease driving it means let go of our illusion that we are in control of our own lives and can plan and do whatever we want let go and, and learn to trust him the one who's on the throne let go and learn to pray for his will to be done in our hearts and lives and all over the world. Cease striving and know that he is God. And then secondly, in conclusion, remember who is with us and remember who is our stronghold. And he says here, the Lord of hosts is with us. That's the Lord that, that hung the host of the planets and the stars in the sky. That, that's the Lord who directs the heavenly host of angels to accomplish his purposes. That Lord of hosts is with us today. And he says, and the God of Jacob is our stronghold. The, the same God of the Old Testament patriarchs who called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to serve him and who they looked to then to provide for their daily needs and to fulfill his promises to them including his promise of sending them a savior from sin. That God of Jacob is our stronghold today. Therefore, we will not fear. Let us pray. Lord God, we do thank you that over and over in your word you tell us, do not fear. You know each and every one of us and, and you love us and you have called us for your purposes and, and you invite us to learn to trust you in all kinds of challenges in life. And Lord, you know each one listening today and, and you know the things that they are struggling through in their life and you know this, this pandemic that is sweeping this world and, and filling many hearts with fear. And Lord, we thank you that we don't have to fear because you have told us that you are with us, that you are a refuge and a strength and a very present help in these times of trouble. And Lord, we ask that uh, there be those folks listening today who are struggling with fear in their lives, that you would help them to know your presence and your help. And Lord, if there are those that are worried because ultimately they're afraid even of death, uh, we pray that your word would speak to their hearts and remind them that they don't even need to fear that because 
We have been promised in Jesus Christ, if we trust in him, forgiveness of our sin and, and eternal life. And, and Lord, we ask that you'd help each one of us, whatever we're dealing with today, to turn our eyes away from the news and the, all the things that make us anxious, not, not uh, blindly and, and uh, lazily, not taking steps that we shouldn't to, uh, because Lord, we know that we, we need to uh, be wise in how we live our lives in this challenging time. But Lord, help us that we look to you each day and that we would know your strength and your help and that you are our refuge. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.